0: Last weekend, we began this series that we're just calling RE, and um, the prefix RE means to do something again or to return to a previous condition. And if we take RE seriously, it usually means we have some work to do. And so as we look at words that begin with RE, we are asking ourselves, what do I need to RE? RE? what do I need to redo, to revisit, to restart, to regain? What is it in my life that God wants me to re? And last weekend, we looked at renewing your mind, transforming your life by letting God change the way that you think. And today, we want to look at how to rebuild your reputation. So what is your reputation. Can we just admit that some people have reputations that are more interesting than other people's reputations? I mean, I want to show you some pictures today. Look at this first one. These people at a place called Maximar in Ham, Germany, set out to claim the title for the most nationalities in a sauna. By cramming in friends from 91 different nations, they beat the old record of 76. Yes, at least two groups have tried to set the record for the most nationalities in a sauna at one time. Who knew? Look at this next picture. It'll haunt you later. This is Claudio Paulo Pinto. He, has no problem po- uh, he had no problem popping the record for eye-popping the furthest. Pinto can pop his eyeballs 0.3 inches out of their sockets. Pinto says he's been doing this since he was nine years old, and it doesn't hurt a bit, but I'm betting it might not help him get dates. <laughs> An 11-year-old boy got slimed on his birthday. Finn... Uh, keeler allowed 43 snails to be put on a space for 10 seconds in a gross effort to surpass the Guinness book world record of 36 set in 2007 now i personally think pastor bill should try to break this record what do you think Now, this next picture is Svetlana Pankratova. And she holds the records for having the world's longest legs at 52 inches. That means her legs come to about here on me. Okay? About here on me. And um, that's pretty long. And that means that I'm pretty sure that her legs are taller than a few people who serve on our worship team here at Impact. (laughs) And then let's end uh, these world records with this one. This is Harvey. He's a three-year-old bloodhound who wins the competition for the longest dog ears. Harvey's ear span reaches 14 inches long. Now, these are the things that these people and this animal are known for. They have broken certain world records. That's their reputation. What's your reputation? Is it one you're proud of or not so proud of? Let me show you one more picture. This picture is of a man named Roy Regals. And he's famous for something that happened in the Rose Bowl game in 1929. On New Year's Day, 1929, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets played the Cal Golden Bears in the Rose Bowl. In that game, Roy Regals recovered a fumble for Cal, and picking up the loose ball, he lost his direction, and he ran 65 yards towards the wrong goal line. One of his teammates, Benny Lom, ran him down and tackled him on the one-yard line just before he scored a touchdown for the opposing team. Now, the Golden Bears decided to punt, but the Yellow Jackets blocked the kick and scored a safety. And from that day until he died, Roy Regals was known as Wrong Way Regals. The rest of his life, wrong way regals. And he was interviewed late in his life, and he said, all of my life, whenever I've been walking by and I hear somebody say the words wrong way, I turn and look to see if they're talking about me. He says, when you make a mistake like that in front of 60,000 spectators in a stadium, it's kind of hard to explain away or deny. And some of you know what he's talking about. Because your mistake was made in front of far fewer spectators, but now you carry around a negative reputation. You made a mistake as a teen, and the consequences and reputation has followed you for years. You said angry words in your marriage, and whatever you do, it doesn't seem that you can shake the effects of those words. You didn't follow through on a promise and you've been trying to overcome a reputation for breaking commitments ever since. You got caught being dishonest and now you carry with you a reputation for lacking integrity, for being a liar. And while you hate the reputation, you might be pretty hard on yourself. You might think that you deserve it because of your past mistakes, or worse yet, you're going through life being the person your negative reputation labels you as because you have come to believe that that really is who you are, that you really are what your reputation says you are. And if you have a reputation you hate, I'm glad you're here today because I think re- Can help you. I believe with God's power and with His strength, you can rebuild your reputation. I think you can overcome it, you can create a positive reputation. So let me walk you through the process that will help you rebuild your reputation. First, review where you are, review where you are, look around, look around. You can't begin rebuilding until you know where you are right now. So look around, evaluate where you are, do a reality check. Ask yourself a couple of questions. First, ask yourself, what are you known for? What are you known for? I mean, if the people who know you best had just a few moments to describe you to someone and they were perfectly honest, what would they say about you? What would they say you're known for? In the movie Dances with Wolves, the Indians watch a soldier making friends with a wolf over time and then playing with the wolf. And when the Indians become friends with the soldiers, they gave him the name dances with wolves so what would your Indian name be what is your reputation if you were given a name based on your reputation based on what people see you do what would you be called you might hear someone say hello sits in the recliner and watches TV maybe they would say hi Steelers biggest fan They might say, how you doing, Facebooks, instead of working? (laughs) They might say, hello, drinks too much Diet Coke. Can't imagine them saying that to anybody. No such thing as too much. Anyway, some wouldn't be funny. They might say, hello, never talks nice to his wife. They might say, hi, too busy to enjoy her kids. They might say, how you doing, plays games with God. They might say, hi, still trying to live up to parents' expectations. You see, some people are known for things they hate And they never set out to make that a primary part of their life. It might be based on a past hurt or a current addiction. But if you hate your reputation, you might even wonder, how did that become true of me? How did that become true of me? And the truth is, we make choices, and then our choices make us. We make choices, and then our choices make us. I mean, we think it's a one-time thing, or that it's no big deal, or it's just a normal part of uh, the teen years, or of the college scene, and then that choice we make defines who we are, or at least who people think we are. And James 1 gives us a hint at the process that often takes place in our lives that cause us to make choices that end up defining us. Look at what James 1 verses 14 and 15 says. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death there's a process there first our desires entice us we think about it we're tempted by it and then after they entice us they drag us away we can't stop thinking about it we can't stop thinking about how much we want it we begin planning how it would happen if we were to do it and then the desire gives birth to sinful actions we actually give in we make the choice and we give in to the temptation we might feel guilty about it we might feel bad about it but then sin grows we keep making the same choices and it becomes a part of our life and then when sin grows it gives birth to death we begin to die who we were begins to die our guilt feelings about the sin begins to die our convictions begin to die and then we begin to die and this process tends to be true whether we're tempted towards a sexual sin or tempted towards ongoing anger towards someone else. It is true whether we're tempted to lie to people that we love or to believe a lie that says that we're worthless. And if you don't like who you are, reviewing where you are means you look around and you identify what it is that enticed you and dragged you away down a negative path. It means that you acknowledge to yourself that you are in the process of dying the first question you need to ask is what are you known for the second question is what do you want to be known for what is it that you want to be known for who is it that you want to be what do you wish that you were known for what is the reputation you wish you had and the good news is if you look around if you ask this question i can tell you very clearly it's not too late You can rebuild your reputation. You can change what it is that you're known for. Hebrews 11 is a chapter in the Bible that tells us about uh, many everyday ordinary people who did great things for God. And some of them had big problems. Some of them had bad reputations. We know about some of their sin, but they became heroes in God's history book. And that chapter reminds us, when we're looking around, we might want to notice that there are some people around us who have succeeded in rebuilding their reputation. They've succeeded in changing who they are known to be. Look at this passage. One is from the end of chapter 11, and then one is from the first part of, verse, uh, of chapter 12. Here's what it says. All these people are known for their faith. We are surrounded by a great cloud of people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. These people were known for their faith. They were known for their faith. They weren't known to be perfect. They weren't known to never make mistakes. They weren't known to get it right the first time and every time. But they were known for Believing God. They were known for following after Jesus fully. They were known for their faith. I want to be known for that. I want that to be my reputation. Don't you? Don't you? And this starts by reviewing where you are, by looking around. And one of the ministries that we have here at Impact can help you to do that. Our Friday night Celebrate Recovery ministry is called Revolution. And it's a great place and a safe place to get together with others and uh, dialogue about these questions. Revolution isn't just for people who are struggling with addictions and other issues. It's for people who have hurts and hang-ups and habits that are holding them back. It's for people like you and people like me. It will connect you with a group of people who will help you to look around and review where you are and help you to take other steps to rebuild your reputation. In fact, one of the eight principles of recovery that's used on Friday nights speaks directly to what we've been saying here. It's principle four, which says, openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. And it might be possible for you to look around and review where you are alone, but how's that been working for you? Revolution will help you to take that step and conquer that step. It will also help you take the next step, which is to remove what's holding you back, to turn away. Remove what's holding you back, turn away. Look at the next part of Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 1. Here's what it says. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. Principle five in Celebrate Recovery is to, quote, voluntarily submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. And that's what this passage says. We remove from our lives anything that gets in the way, anything that holds us back. And that describes a Bible concept that we don't talk enough about. It's the Bible word, repent. 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 Now, what do you think about when you hear the word repent? You might think about some guy in a white robe with a big sign standing on a street corner that says repent. Or you might have come to believe that repent means just to say you're sorry for something. But repentance is more than saying you're sorry, it literally means to change, it literally means to turn. And so what is it we turn away from when we take this important step? Well, let me list a few. First, I turn away from sin. I turn away from sin. When I repent, I'm not just sorry for my sin. I'm sorry enough to change my life. I'm sorry enough be different. I'm not just tired of my reputation. I'm determined to change it. I turn away from the unhealthy and the destructive things I've been doing, and I decide to do it God's way. I remove those things from my life so that they can't hold me back anymore. So I turn away from sin. Secondly, I turn away from secrets. I turn away from secrets. Keeping secrets isn't a healthy thing. Around here, we say you're only as sick as your secrets. As long as you're trying to hide who you are, you will never find the strength to become who God wants you to be. And when you quit hiding secrets, you will begin to find a path to help yourself overcome some of those issues and some of those problems not, uh, and not be held captive by them anymore. Now, I am not suggesting that you go home this afternoon and... Um, Get out your computer and type all of your deepest, darkest sins into all of your social media sites. That is not the suggestion I'm making. That would not be a safe way to handle it. I'm suggesting you find some safe people around you and share with them what's going on in your life. That can happen in your growth group or with good friends who are followers of Jesus or It happens every Friday night in the safety of confidential small groups at Revolution. And so, turn away from sin and turn away from secrets. And then third, turn away from control. Turn away from control. See, part of what gets in the way and holds us back is we're trying to control the situations in our life. We're trying to control the situation. I mean, we're trying to control how the person who hurt us should make that right with us. We try to control that. We have a very clear idea on what they should do to make it right. Or if they don't, we try to control how they should be punished for not making it right with us. Or we're trying to control our addiction through our own strength and willpower. Can I just tell you, If willpower was going to work on the issue you're dealing with, you would have had it solved by now. Or we're trying to pretend and hide the truth so that we can control what people see and how people think of us. And turning away from control means I turn to God and I let him control me. I let him control my healing. I let him control the process Of rebuilding my reputation so it's time to remove whatever it is that's holding you back what is it that you need to get away from and get rid of and turn away from is it the excuses that you've been making is it a relationship that's been dragging you towards sin is it an unwillingness to get counseling to admit the problem is it just an unwillingness To do it God's way. You see, it's time to remove what's holding you back and turn away from it. And then, when you do that, you can take this final step that we'll talk about, and that is you can rebuild your reputation, you can move forward. And you move forward towards the reputation that you want. You move forward to become the person that God designed you to be. You move forward to become the person that you have always desired to be. And verse 2 of Hebrews 12 gives us some insight on this too. Look at verse 2. It says, "...let us look only to Jesus, the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect." He suffered death on the cross, but he accepted the shame as if it were nothing because of the joy that God put before him. And now he is sitting at the right side of God's throne. You really can be different. You really can do this. Just like Jesus, you can have success because of Jesus. And so let me give you several keys. First, let God change you. Let God change change you. I mean, we talked about this last weekend. You can let God change you by letting him transform the way that you think. And some of you are sitting there, and you're thinking, that might work for everybody else in this room, but that's not going to work for me. And you're sitting there thinking, you don't know how many times I've tried. You don't know how many times that I have prayed about this and tried hard to make this happen, and I've tried so many times, I just know I can't be different. I can't change. I'm just never going to solve this because I can't do it. Here's my response to that. You're right. You can't but Jesus can. He's the one who began our faith, and he's the one that will make it perfect. You can't do it, but he can. He can, and the question is, are you going to keep living in defeat, living the lie that says you can't be different, or or are you going to let God change you? Are you going to let Him transform you so that you think differently? You see, to have a new reputation, you actually have to change. You have to be different. And you can't do that, but God can. God can transform your life. And so, first, let God change you. Second, don't do it alone. We've already talked about it several times in the message, but I think it's so important. Yes, Jesus will help you, and the passage says that, but you need more help than that, and Jesus has provided that. God never intended for you to do life alone. He intends for you to do life with other people. That's why he created the church Sometimes we walk in here and we're just feeling so defeated and so fragile and like so much is going on in our life. And we look across the room and we see somebody and we think, you know, if they can deal with the stuff they've been dealing with and still live for Jesus, I can do this for another week. I can get through this. That's why we have growth groups around here, because Jesus never intended for you to do life alone you need to be in a group of people who will encourage you who will strengthen you who will help you that's why we have revolution with their large group that encourages people but with the small groups so that you don't have to be alone when you're dealing with your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups don't do it alone next one is make amends where possible Make amends where possible. This comes from principle six in revolution, which says, evaluate my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for the harm I've done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. You see, part of the change may be going to the people who you have hurt, the people who have suffered as a result of your bad behavior and your bad reputation, and you might have to apologize to them. You might have to tell them you're sorry. I mean, you may need to try to make it right. And you do this where it's possible. It's not always possible. You also only do it where it's wise, and it's not wise in every situation. It's not good to inflict harm to try to make amends for harm that you did in the past. And so it's not always wise to do that. And you may need some help in knowing when that's true. And you just need to know from the very beginning when you go to try to make amends... They may not accept it. You may sincerely apologize, and you may get an angry response. They may not believe the change that has happened in your life. And that leads us to this last one. Let others notice. Let others notice. You see, you can't just stand up and announce, okay, I want everybody to know I'm different now. I'm not the person that I used to be. No fair using that reputation anymore. I am different than I used to be. You can't stand up and announce that. You have to let them see the change in you. You see, often we want to point out our progress. We want to announce the change, and we forget they've heard it before. They've seen progress before, and they've seen us slip back. They believe it, when it really does become a consistent part of who we are. They believe it when the change becomes a permanent part of who we are. You see, that just brings us to a life principle. You don't have to tell people what kind of person you are. Eventually, they will know it. You don't have to tell people what kind of person you are. Eventually, they will know it, whether you want them to or not. I mean, if you are an evil, bad, and nasty person, you can pretend to not be evil, bad, and nasty, but eventually people are going to know what kind of person you are. Eventually they will know. You don't have to tell them. And if you are a good person who is sincerely following after God and doing your best to live your life with integrity and with love and with grace, you don't have to tell people that. Eventually they will know what kind of person you are. And so let them notice. And this really does work. You really can change your reputation. We are seeing it with so many people here at Impact. I wish we just had time for people to stand up and say, this is who I used to be and this is who I am now. We're seeing God change so many lives. I do have permission to share with you just a couple of stories. There's a man, much like the man you're going to meet in our video in just a few minutes, who used to have a reputation with his family for having out-of-control anger and addiction issues, but because he has opened his heart up to Jesus and he's allowing himself to be changed from the inside out, he is now in the process of reconciling with his wife and turning his anger over to God one day at a time. There is a woman who attends revolution who was previously known for being a pushover and a people pleaser at the expense of her own wants and needs. And by God's grace, she's beginning to see her own worth as a child of God. And she's learning to love herself enough to give voice to those wants and needs and setting healthy boundaries in her relationships. And there's a man who for much of his life has been known as a womanizer due to sexual addiction that was birthed and fueled by his issues with pornography. And since he's gotten serious about Jesus and uh, has begun to have victory over pornography, he's making choices for his family, and he no longer feels compelled to act out sexually. Another woman, because of sexual abuse that she endured as a young girl, has had a strong hatred and mistrust for men for all of her life. And since she has begun attending revolution and giving God permission to love her and to change her, she is no longer a slave to this hatred that has controlled her. And she's currently learning how to have healthy and godly interactions with the men in her life. These are just a few great stories of how people are changing their lives and changing their reputations because God is changing them. But you know, we didn't finish a story we started earlier in the message Do you want to know the rest of the story on Wrong Way Regals? You see, that play where he ran 65 yards in the wrong direction happened during the first half of the game. And at halftime, the Cal players filed off the field and into the locker room. And as others sat down on benches and on the floor, Regals put a blanket around his shoulder. He sat down in a corner and he put his face in his hands. Now, a football coach usually has a great deal to say to the team during halftime, but that day, Coach Price was quiet. No doubt, he was trying to decide what to do with Regals. And when the timekeeper came in and announced that there were three minutes left before playing time, Coach Price looked at the team and he said, men, the same team that played the first half will start the second. And the players got up and they started out all but Regals. He didn't move. And the coach looked back and called him, and Regals didn't budge. And Coach Price went over to where Regals was, and he said, Roy, didn't you hear me? The same team that played the first half will start the second. And Regals looked up, his cheeks wet with tears. He said, coach, I can't do it. I've ruined you. I've ruined the university's reputation. I've ruined myself. I can't face the crowd out there. And Coach Price reached out and he put his hand on Regal's shoulder and he said something pretty significant. He said, Roy, get up and get out there. The game is only half over. The game's only half over and Regal's finally did get up and he went out on the field and The fans saw him play hard and play well, not just that game, but for several seasons. Now, all of us have run a long way in the wrong direction, haven't we? All of us have run a long way in the wrong direction, but because of God's mercy, because of his changing power, because he gives us strength, we need to realize the game's only half over. You do not have to be trapped in the reputation that you currently have. You don't have to be the person that everyone seems to think that you are. You can be different. You can rebuild your reputation. And in the church, we need to begin to see people as different and give them the grace. The church ought to be a place that sees the changes in people quickly and applauds those changes quickly. Look at this verse from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, we are careful not to judge people by what they seem to be, though we once judged Christ in that way. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten, and everything is new. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, and he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. And so we don't see people as they used to be. We see them as better. We see them as different. We see them as growing. And we need to remember who gets the credit. God has done it all. God has done it all. And he did it through Jesus. I want you to meet Bob and Sherry. Bob is a leader here. He's one of our elders. But Bob has been changed by God. And with God's help, Bob has completely rebuilt his reputation. Watch this video.
1: He's he has always had a uh, sort of a temper, but I kind of thought this is just because he's spoiled, and you know when he didn't get his way, he would just blow up. You know, it escalated to. More frequent anger, but that it was up and down. I never knew which Bob was going to be around. And then when he started with the, with drinking, it was Jekyll and Hyde. We didn't know. We didn't know who was going to show up that day. But then, angry Bob would show up, and just we just didn't know. We just didn't know how to handle it
2: not that many years ago uh, probably 10 or 11 uh, I was the guy that my wife talked about I had a uh, had a real problem with rage and uh, you, I never knew what was going to set me off so neither did my wife or anyone else I guess it really what really triggered the whole thing was back in uh, October of 2001 my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were visiting us from New York and I had been drinking pretty heavily all day and uh, got into a bit of an argument with my wife uh, my brother-in-law kind of stepped in and I decided I was going to fight him. <laughs> wasn't much of a fight but uh, anyway that really broke the family apart. This has to change. I'm hurting everyone around me. My kids were afraid of me. My wife was afraid of me. People didn't want to be around me anymore. I didn't want to be around me anymore. And for a time, <clears throat> excuse me, for a time it was uh, it was okay. Uh, but the rage never went away. The anger was still there. And I knew, I knew that something was missing in my life. I mean, I had everything that you could think a person would want. A, a beautiful wife, two lovely daughters, a, a nice home, a good job. But there was something missing. And, uh... When I came up out of that baptistry, you can take this for wherever it's worth. When I came up out of that baptistry, I truly was a new man. The transformation took some time. I'm 71 years old this happened when I was 60 so it took some time but I want to tell you taking Jesus Christ as my Savior and committing my life to him was the best thing I could have done
1: Bob turned into the man I waited for all my life he just did a transformation that is amazing he did ever knew Jesus, and now he he do, he does, and it's just it's just it's just lovely. <laughs> and I don't know how I don't know what other word to use, but it's, it's so it's so great being married to him now. I'm married to a prince. I don't know. <laughs>